Ren, have you been like on TikTok recently with the whole like vaccine controversies and everything? I mean, I've seen a few of them. Well, I think that you need to know about this certain content that I've been seeing on my TikTok feed lately. Well, this is not on my TikTok feed. This is just me getting secondhand accounts of the TikToks that people have been seeing. So here, let me explain, right? So some people who believe that the government is out to get us with these vaccines are... Mm -hmm sticking these quarters to their arms to prove that these vaccines have metal and microchips in them and that that's really bad but the thing is is that my friend quarters are not magnetic so the fact that they're sticking to your arms is a little bit concerning Yeah, that's, I mean, why are your quarters so sticky? What are you putting them in, molasses? That's so weird. I don't know why they would think, huh. I mean, didn't you ever play with magnets as a kid? We all learned that quarters don't do that. Well, I guess some people didn't remember. And I mean, this kind of TikTok trend is an alarming trend that we see going on in the world where there is a widespread distrust there's a widespread distrust of vaccines and of medicine and health in general which in some cases is a well-founded distrust you know if you consider minority populations and things like that but this is a this is a big vaccine that has been approved for widespread use to help everyone it's a little wild to me that people are demonizing it so intensely and i mean if their fear is well warranted it's something that has come up so quickly and there's just a lot of distrust because people don't understand it because it's something that is hard to understand like a lot of pieces of technology out there But there's one thing that I actually really wanted to talk about today was something called Neuralink. Have you heard of that, Ren? You know, it does ring a bell. Um, My frequent perusals of the Elon Musk Wikipedia page may have brought it up more than once. (laughs) Well, yes. Neuralink is essentially a company or an idea that Elon Musk has been working on since 2016. And essentially, it's a company that's been making brain implants. And these brain implants will like be in your brain and they will help you do so many things. Well, essentially, let me start from the beginning. Let me just like explain it so that we create this basis upon which we can build. Right, Ren? Lay it on me. Okay. Well, Neuralink, and I'm just going to read the official like description of the company that our script writers have so generously written out for us. It's a company designing the first neural implants slash brain machine interface, or BMI, or brain computer interface, BCI system. The technology directly connects with the brain and like It connects your brain and digital devices. So essentially, you have this little 
I guess, Bluetooth receiver thing in your head and it's helping you in your life in different ways. So it was founded by Elon Musk and Max Hodak in 2016 and Hodak left in May, 2021. That's very recent. Ooh, ooh. But the name of the implant is called, it's, it's in, in quotes, it's the link. Wow. So you take this link, you put it in your head, and then you become your own Alexa. Oh my gosh. I didn't actually think about it like that. <laughs> you just like wow. ask, you're just like, your brain like is connect, like communicating with itself, like with yeah. the thing in your brain. So you're just like, hey, the link, tell me what the weather is like today. And you never have to pick up your phone. You don't even have to say anything. It just does it for you. You just think it and it and it is done. That's kind of crazy. Take out I mean, the middleman. Everyone, I don't think that you I don't think I don't know if what we just hypothesized is doable with this the link, but you know, the science fiction in our heads is too much to deal with. Anyway. Yeah. Let's anyway. dive into it. Let's dive into so, it. So the the initial goal of this Neuralink was actually. Of course, the initial goal is always generous. It was to help people with paralysis to regain some abilities by controlling the digital devices using that system, that BMI brain machine interface system. But now the broader goal, the general goal of that company has become to allow people to control their technological devices and expand communication. So like, essentially they're like, we're gonna put this neural implant in your brain and we're gonna let you be connected to the entire world with, without even having a phone or any like technological, like external technological device, everything is internal in your brain. That's so weird. It seems like quite a jump. It's, it's quite a jump and like, I guess something Ren and I were talking about when we were reading over some of the research and some what we were doing was that we found it interesting that the jump was from a very well-intended product to something that is being marketed to every single person in this world, whether they have a disability or not. Ren, would you like to enlighten us on maybe why? Well, now this is just a theory. I'm no economist, um, but I've got a feeling that the reason they made this jump to make it more marketable to the general public is just to receive better investment for this product, because this is something that's going to take a lot of research and a lot of scientific energy, and that kind of research takes money. And having the uh, demand for a product like this um, creates opportunities to make the product come to fruition. So I'm just thinking that even though it is well-intended and it, or initially it was well-intended and now has kind of turned into something of a commodity um, that may bring it into existence faster. And that could be kind of like a double-edged sword where it's helpful, um, but also kind of, you know, reflective of our capitalistic nature. <laughs> And yeah, there is a positive and there is a negative to every single thing. And there is a positive and a negative to this Neuralink technology. So essentially getting back to 
what it is and what it does. Essentially, Neuralink, the link in your brain, reads information out from the brain and it controls devices with this information. So when you can control your devices with that brain information that the link is gathering, you can communicate with others because it is controlling those devices. So you can input information into the brain as well. So with the link, you can actually restore senses or movement and treat disorders in the brain itself. The link can, with its technology and its electrical signals and the way that it sends them, it can restore senses and movement and treat disorders. So the intended applications, we talked about like the intended purpose. The initial goal was to help people with disabilities and now it's become to help people communicate with an internal device. So the expected first application is going to be for people with spinal cord injuries to control their devices. So essentially people who have spinal cord injuries, they are unable to transport information down their nervous system at a certain point of their spinal cord. So many people, if they do have a spinal cord injury, they lose function of their legs, they lose it depends on where the spinal cord injury is, if it's higher on your spine or if it's lower, but that influences heavily what movement you can control and what you can't. So if they were to put this link device in your brain for those people who do have spinal cord injuries, they would be able to gain that movement and that control back where they didn't have it before. Possible future applications are restoring senses and movements and treating neurological disorders. And then the long-term vision that these people have is to make Neuralink safe enough and powerful enough and safe, that word is loaded with a lot of stuff that we will talk about, but to make it safe enough and powerful enough so people who are healthy would want the link and want to use it. It is a lot to take in, it is a lot to consider and it sounds it sounds like bona fide sci-fi, um, but it's not. It it works. There's some proven uh, proven experimental truth to this that we'll discuss a little bit more in depth later on. So let's dive a little bit into how the Neuralink links your neuro <laughs> and how how that all goes down. So the technology behind the link is. Uh, the same technology that really moves all of our bodies, electrical impulses being carried throughout electrodes or nerves in your body and electrodes when we manufacture them ourselves. So the link processes, transmits, and stimulates brain signals. It's made up of several threads along with its central inter interface computer. And um, the threads are made of electrodes, which form connections with the neurons in your brain and transfer information uh, electrically. And these threads from the link are inserted into brain areas that control movement and important areas that we would need to interface with in order to make this technology work. There are 1,042 electrodes in the link. It's kind of like putting a spider web into your brain. The link is fully wireless and uses a wireless charger that 
discharges the implant from the outside of the brain, which as Arya and I were sort of discussing might look something like a pillow. Perhaps your charging, your nightly charging station, be sure to get your full. We don't know if the charging, if there's a charging station even needed for this, but. Very true. Get your eight hours, people. Get your eight hours, get, get that shut eye, that sweet, sweet REM sleep. But then also perhaps the link is solar powered. I don't know. It hasn't been, it hasn't been fully fleshed Solar out. powered? Where would the light little, come from? Get like a little panel and then you just go sunbathe for a minute. And vitamin D is important too. Oh my God. You're supposed or, to go outside or, for like 40 minutes a day. Or. Or. Person is so bright that the solar. <laughs> That you can use so radiant. I just or brain so bright that you can power. Imagine the 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 pickup lines that would start coming. Oh my gosh, baby, you're so radiant. You charge my neural link. (laughs) Ooh, the future. The future is. It's a beautiful place. The future. I can't wait for our kids to just be like, yo mom or yo dad or yo gender neutral parent. Anyway, hey guardian or parent. Then the kid gets around you somehow. And that's how they sneak around their parents now. They just know in their brain. Oh man, the neural link eventually evolves to connect us all psychically. Yeah, and that's, that's a topic for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> we will investigate the consequences <laughs> and pros and cons of potential Having psychic the same links brain. <laughs> in a later episode. <laughs> what would it be like to participate in a hive mind? <laughs> yeah, I think I'll pass. I think I'm going to pass on it. Anyways, back to the Neuralink and how it works. Uh, So in addition to having wireless charging capabilities, it's also designed to be compatible with MRI technology. So that's exciting. Um, Additionally, there are supposed to be security methods included in the device, which, you know, that's awful reassuring that there are supposed to be security (laughs) methods in the device. Yeah, because imagine you're Bluetooth connecting your brain to a device which makes it hackable. So hopefully there are security methods. We'll cross our fingers and hope that this, this sweet little piece of metal is an unhackable uh, prototype. More on that later. More on it later. More on it later. As far as implementation goes and making the Neuralink something you can actually use in your brain, there is work to develop a robotic method for neurosurgeons to insert this technology. And that method is called the neurosurgical robot, which, I mean, I guess it's what it says on the tin. So that's good. It's exactly what it sounds like it is. Now, the neurosurgical robot would help implant the Neuralink with minimal damage. The threads are thin which is done to reduce bleeding in the brain and to make this as harmless as possible. And the surgical robot would be an attempt to reduce and possibly even eliminate the risk involved with general anesthesia in surgery. They would do this by designing a quick procedure and method to avoid blood vessels. So basically it would just be like this robot quickly 
jabs the Neuralink into your brain, causing minimal damage and avoiding anesthesia, which everyone knows can cause serious problems. That's why it's a whole profession. All right. And in addition to that, the Neuralink app, which will be something I suppose you can access on any device, um, can be used to connect the link to your devices at home in order to control those devices by thinking. Any Bluetooth device can be used by the user via the link. So your smartphone, your computer, your mouse, your keyboard, your smart fridge, any of it, you can connect that to the link. And it even comes with a tutorial in the app to teach you how to properly use the link and turn your devices on with nothing more than the speed of thought. Now, there's lots of challenges reported with Neuralink as a company. For example, the Neuralink needs to be flexible and non-corrosive, and the electrodes need to, need to cover a sufficient amount of surface area in order to actually you know, work and operate. The brain is a complicated machine, and it requires a lot of area to do what it does. Effective chips with reduced size and power consumption will also be important for the link. And in the process of developing this little device, we need to ensure that there's a fully waterproof hermetic surface that is airtight. Um, the robotic system for surgically inserting the link needs to be foolproof. And there needs to be a robust and reliable method to decode neural information, which that's a big ask. And <laughs> we've been working on that for many, many years now. The Neuralink needs to ensure real-time processing, transmitting, and stimulating. And one huge hurdle that the company faces is that there have been no clinical trials on humans yet, so there's no data on human safety. But Neuralink has been testing their devices on animals. Now, people are interested and concerned about this tech for a lot of obvious reasons. Um, just hearing it sounds extremely radical. Um, and there's few existing technologies that directly target the brain right now. So while we have technology in the body in general, like your pacemaker and things like that, we don't have a lot of metal designed to go into your brain. There's also a lot of interest in AI and what that might mean for implanting a device in your head that could potentially be influenced by AI. The point, the general gist of it, why people are so uh, intrigued by the Neuralink is that it sounds really cool, but also really scary and maybe a little unnecessary. Um, I, I definitely think it's amazing, an amazing like technological feat, but implementing it in the current society, just like considering it like social science wise, like psychology and like sociology wise, it's a little bit challenging and difficult. Absolutely. I would, I would say more than a little bit, it would be, it would be an extraordinary feat to see this come to fruition. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, just considering what it means, what it means that this is what we're looking towards, that this is our, this is the frontier we're looking at. It's, it's an interesting question, sociologically. So to dive a little bit more into the history of like how this came about, um, the original, the origin of the Neuralink, which is, as we discussed, pretty noble. Um, it came about as an idea for new technology in the body 
that can help people with paralysis and stimulate the brain for treating neurological disorders. This could be something that helps amputees control mechanical limbs. And that is a very exciting prospect. Now, in order to do it, it wouldn't, of course, restore the function of your nerves, but rather control outside devices that can help you move the way your limbs are supposed to move if they're uh, functioning without any problems at all. And that technology with like mechanical limbs is coming along, um, but it's not very well developed yet. So this would be kind of a a shortcut to something that we, oh my God, wait. This would be something that is connecting us to something that doesn't fully work yet. So perhaps we need to put more research into mechanical limbs themselves before we try to connect them to the brain, but that's a topic for later discussion. Uh, the Neuralink could also be used for vaccine tracking, which was developed by Bill Gates um, and others in order to make vaccination records. So this kind of would work like chipping your pets. And this is something that has been done before and is in use in some places just to uh, like make international travel easier. Um, another example of tech in the, in the body is cochlear Im implants, um, which are used for people with hearing loss so that they can hear again. And that is a very intense procedure. Additionally, pacemakers, as I mentioned earlier, which help your heart eat regularly, and glucometer pumps, which diabetics can use to regulate or to monitor the, um, their blood glucose levels and insulin levels. So there's a bunch of tech, essentially. Throughout history, we've had a bunch of technology kind of slowly being introduced into our bodies, like cochlear implants, pacemakers, glucometer pumps. There's so many other things that we depend on as humans with technology. But mm -hmm. this Neuralink is really special in the way that it is connected to our brain. It is inside of us and it is in our control center, our brain, our head. So the mechanics, the physics, and the electrical engineering of it is going to have to be quite special. So like Red mentioned, there are 1,042 electrodes in this tiny little, the link. And essentially, electrodes are little pieces of metal that conduct electricity. And the human body runs on electricity. The human body is electrifying the nervous system, the heart. Everything runs on electricity. Electricity gives us our energy, essentially. We're so, all just electrified meat, baby. Correct. Correct. So essentially, electrodes are these wires in our body. They serve as wires in our body. But there's also the physics aspect of it. When you are having these electrodes in your body, the link in your head, you have to send electrical impulses or electrical signals throughout your nervous system and control the body in such a way that you have enough energy to say lift up your arm or anything like that. Does this ability vary among people of different sizes and different ages? There's a lot that must be considered. So one special piece of technology that I thought was quite cool is that I know 
this is getting away from the Neuralink part, but the location of this technology gets very close to our head. So these contact lenses, there's two different types that I think are very interesting. One type is called the augmented reality contact lens. So you can have AR through your contact lenses instead of wearing that huge headset that people usually wear. Or you have contact lenses that are glucose monitoring contact lenses. Imagine you just wear them and then you know what your blood sugar is and you can keep checking on it through your contact lenses or your contact lenses could alert you if your blood sugar is either too high or too low. I mean, this technology, obviously it's not in the brain, but it gets very close. And it's, I guess, a testament to our progression throughout using tech in our body. So interesting to see the new ways that we come up with to um, make our lives more interesting through technology. It's just, it's like a never ending stream of, of new tech and, and things to be considered. Is this, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it both? There's a lot of ethical, obviously ethical aspects to the Neuralink and to just technology in the body. I mean, they're doing their primary testing on animals because they can't do it on humans just yet. But what is the ethical impact of using animals? What if these animals lose bodily function because something goes wrong? What do you think, Ren? This is kind of a loaded question because um, as you know, we use animals in science all the time and they're very, very helpful for us for learning uh, more about the natural world and how it all works. Um, so it's interesting that uh, there's so much rage about it because oftentimes, um, especially with something like this, like this testing, we expect not to harm the animal. We, we have statistical like evidence in the past for using electrodes in rat and mice brains um, where we don't see any damage and we know that it works and it's used in neuroscience all the time. And so I can't really be too mad that they're using it on rats because, I mean, so is everyone else um, to learn things all the time. I recently learned about an experiment with rat brains where they were just using just the brains. So there was, there was immediate rat death involved. So that's maybe a little more harmful than just implanting a um, pretty standard electrode into the animal. Like, yes, it could go horribly wrong, of course, but that's why we're using animals, I think. Animals, I think. I guess. Which, like, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think just think like what you just mentioned is like animals have been used in science for a long time. And there are, I guess, protocol to using animals and testing on animals. Yes, some companies may not follow those protocol, but um, I guess some scientists would justify it by saying, well, we can't do it on humans. There's a huge ethical implication on humans because when you get into humans, you get into a heavy sociological kind of area where it's hard to kind of justify really anything. It's just hard to argue. It's a very difficult position. Yeah. And like humans are just big animals. I know this, but also it's a... <laughs> I, ah, 
it's a bad, it's, it's a hard question. It's just a hard question. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just a lot, you know? It, it, it do it's be a lot. It, it do be a lot. And, and I mean, we're, we're talking about these ethical implications and we're talking about how this ethical dilemma exists between, you know, using the neural link, testing it on animals, testing it on humans. And there's a lot of people who don't like that. Ren, would you like to detail some of the people who don't like some of the things that Elon Musk is doing? Yes, I would like to discuss that just a bit. So as a, as a recently switched uh, over to neuroscience major in, <laughs> in school, I, I feel the need to mention that the, the neuroscience community and the field at large has heavily scrutinized the Neuralink. The MIT Technology Review called the Neuralink neuroscience theater. In other words, it's, a, it's elaborate, it's a joke, it's something that's being done just for sci-fi entertainment as opposed to something that is actually going to work and be helpful. And this is kind of corroborated by the fact that Elon Musk has failed to elaborate on how the implants can do what he says they can do, which is solve medical issues like depression and neurological disorders, uh, which Musk has claimed that the implant can treat. But the truth is we don't really know how those work in the brain in enough detail to to make a claim like that. And the neuroscience community has been very critical of, 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 of his claims in that regard. And also um, the company Neuralink has not disclosed intent to begin clinical trials, which would be the next step in convincing really the neuroscience community and the world at large that this device is helpful and can work. Yeah. and. There's a bunch of dangers. Obviously, these neuroscientists and these scientists are like really criticizing Elon Musk and the Neuralink. It's because there's so many dangers and like risks involved. Health risks with inserting outside materials into the brain is one of them. There's not a lot of procedures that insert external things into the brain. And even there's, I don't think there is any thing that is, has been inserted into the brain that has been able to communicate with outside devices. That's just a first. And it's difficult to tell what the behavioral and psychological impacts of the technology will be, especially when the Neuralink is just not used medically to treat disabled people but as an enhanced connection with technology, you just don't know how it's going to affect people's behavior because everyone's brain is different. So when you implant something into the brain, sometimes their behavior and just movement, everything about their life may change. Yeah, absolutely. And also we don't, we don't really understand the brain scientifically. We don't really understand it. It's sort of like the final frontier. So saying that this little implant is going to connect everything correctly and we're going to standardize how it, how it does that is a huge ask because we haven't been able to do it with anything else. It's just a lot. The science, the ethics, there's so much that the Neuralink kind of connects and breaches in, in a sort of way. So 
obviously there is a societal divide in the access to technology. So if the Neuralink enhances quality of life as much as Elon Musk claims it will, it still raises concerns about the possibility of an even more privileged upper class. And that is a thought that we would like to leave you with. Just think about it. Maybe it'll open up some more ideas and thoughts in your head. But thank you for listening to The Unfinished Mind this week. We had a really, really fun topic. I personally really enjoyed it. Ren? Oh, absolutely. I think this was an absolute delight to dive into. Such a fun little real-life sci-fi moment. Truly. It's the stuff of our movies and our dreams is coming into the real life. And we don't know what it's going to do. And I look forward to seeing what it will do. But thank you everyone for listening this week. Next week, we have an interesting topic about keeping oneself clean, keeping oneself to a hygienic level. Good, good smelling, good smelling stuff good smelling. From, from all of us. Good smelling. So tune in next right. week for our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Goodbye.